Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're back, gentlemen. Hi, Chris. You all right? You had a nice break? Lovely break. You enjoyed but, your break? Yeah, but... Really good to be pleased to be back. Yeah, you've been a bit bored, haven't you? I have. Yeah, I didn't he's talk. been itching to get back, hasn't he? I never itching. Thought I'd a say little bit it. annoying, actually. But I don't like doing fuck all. <laughs> uh, I think the main reason is is obviously the weather. When the golf course is shut, yeah, I, I'm bored. So that's the only reason. The weather killed the golf. So that's fair why weather I, player. That's why I wanted to. Well, there was shut. Frost. So that's why. Are they open in winter golf clubs? No. Yeah. yeah. Well, Not when it's frosty. frosty. By all accounts. windy and rainy and that as well. Right, so it's nothing to do with the golf clubs then, is it? It's you. Ooh. Fucking that was vicious, wasn't it? it? <laughs> well, I'll stand by actually. Yeah, because if it's open, you're saying it's only because the golf clubs are open. But they yeah. are. They you just don't like playing in the cold, rain, wind. They've not been... No such thing as bad weather, John. Just bad preparation. This last two or three weeks they've been shut. There you go. Why have they been shot? Fucking weather, I've just told you. I'd fight you two. I'd love to. But to be fair, it'd be a fucking... After the... Heavyweight he's, clash. He's been eating. <laughs> it's fucking Yusek and Fury, innit? It's, in fact, it's exactly the same as Yusek and Fury. <laughs> What's Yusek been calling him? He's been calling him Belly, innit? <laughs> belly. That's, that's belly. what we're going to call him from now on. Call me. He's going to call me. I'm changing, changing your name in my phone to Belly. My name? <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> I'm paranoid, aren't you? I know, yeah. Fuck you really know. have got in his head. You've heard he's in mine as muffin. <laughs> but I, I had a McDonald's last night, me. Did you? Yeah. I'm sure last year I had you one went the McDonald's, whole McDonald's all year last year, and I've had two already this year. What's what's I haven't needed though, wasn't it? Because like, you know, just, when you took your top off in uh, Qatar, yeah, you did have a, the old muffin, didn't you? You know, top it short. I think he got in your head in Qatar. No, I think he did. I no. know I did. No. He was on to you a lot. I felt sorry for you, to be honest. Duck's back. <laughs> There's no water gets yeah, on that it, back. It was cascading over the, over the muffin, <laughs> like a waterfall. I think yeah. it started that time when you said he had un, an unhealthy relationship with food. Yeah. I could just see his brain thinking, yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> and ever <laughs> since then, well, I've never he's having it. avocado and all that shit. I've never had avocado. Oh, that shit. But Qatar were class, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, it wasn't the words that got into it, it's the noises, I think. You know, like when I took my shirt off and I went, oh, oh, oh. Especially when they were from Colombia. They'd never seen you before. Oh, look at him. 
Le Muffin. Yeah, to be fair, you, you were you did let yourself go a little bit, didn't you? And the hair, the hair's a different story altogether, isn't it? Yeah, that's film. That's just disgusting. What? That's hair? unhealthy. The what? fucking oh the chest, right? And yeah. the back, right? I thought you were talking about my head. I thought See, it's <laughs> not changed. <laughs> but no, it's good to be back. When we're coming back in strong, by the way. Tony Pulis. Yeah. Former. Did you? Did he go in with Gaffer? Yeah. I did. I right, did. Gaffer. A bit creepy. Yeah. Never seen and that. And shake and hug at his, at his electric gates. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've got a hug. I don't I think he liked you. Did you just get a... No, no, All right, Chris. I just got a... I don't think... Oh, son. I think he sunned you off. Do you know why? Because yeah. I'd not let him know there were four of us going. He thought it was uh, just me and, and Brownie. Right. I see. Uh, so he just said, he just saw this bold thing top of his drive. <laughs> Coming out of the bush. Oh, you were the gardener. The gardeners <laughs> were in, weren't they, when we got there? The petunias are over there, son. <laughs> Come big, on, lads. Big muffin talking about the top of his jeans. <laughs> but she'd been baking, hadn't she? Yeah, she had, yeah, she had. Lovely woman. Actually, I, I think it might be going in as number one as the as, for hospitality. Fresh, freshly br- baked cheese swirls. Oh, they were nice. Tell you what, were a, a bit of a, a, a come down for me when he, he gave me a... At the end of the, the recording that, he went, here, John, that's my normal number. So he must have a number that... Oh, he's he, got a burner phone. So he must have a number that people <laughs> who, 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 who don't mind messaging him. Right. And then another phone for like, oh, fucking hell, he's messaged From again. Either is. So it took us three hours of recording to earn the trust to get oh, his normal so number. You've got his, you've got his full time. So I've got Tony Pulis 1 and Tony Pulis 2 in my phone. He did, I think, and I didn't think this would be the case, but I think he did sign you in the hope that he could change you. Mm. But what's the old saying, John? You can't polish a turd, Chris, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking of that one, but yeah. What, what old saying were you thinking of? You used to say, you, sa- you signed a fat con, you can deal with it. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but decor-wise, it was what I expected from the... Because we had the conversation, household. didn't we? What do we yeah. think his house is going to be like, yeah. apart from massive? Like, we thought, like, old school, didn't we? Yeah. Like, it was Midsummer Murders-esque. Yeah. Right. I think we actually said to him, you could actually hold... Murder weekends here. Yeah. Murder mystery weekends. I knew there weren't going to be a, a mirrored Buddha. You know, a glass table. That kind of... That kind of... That feng shui. <laughs> well, depends which direction you're putting it in. But <laughs> yeah. You hit the nail on the head before. Oh, after, sorry. Because we were all... I think we'd been out for an Italian the night before, so our farts were strong, weren't they? Mm. Leading up to it. But then there wasn't one bit of... No, there wasn't a creek. I think you might have let one... Oh, well, By we accident, the chicken, we, we had the chicken. chicken the night before. I think you let one slip when Tony went to the toilet. Yeah. Apart from that, it was pristine, wasn't it? So that actually did piss you off, didn't it? Because you think, well, the can It's offensive. Them. It's offensive. <laughs> like, it's, it's like travelling with a brass band, like, <laughs> constantly. It's just... Like, so you know that we can all... Throughout a car journey. And then we get into Mr Pulis's house and nothing. <laughs> it's like everybody just cranks the ball with a, with an Allen key. It just stops. But no, hopefully uh, we've got plenty recorded, so it's going to be another good series. There's been some good mm-hmm. out of nowhere. We've had a, we've got a strong start. We've got some uh, very good episodes coming up. I'm looking forward to it. Because I feel like we left, we had a bit too much of a break, maybe. Yeah, mm. uh, I think yeah. we were sick of each other, but then we've rallied. Ten days in ten days in each other's company is a long time, isn't it? Yeah. When like all, oh, we just wanting to go and relax and stuff, and these is like we need to go do some work, lads. And all he wants to do is eat. <laughs> no, you made the gym. The Did I every day I went to the gym. Maybe missed one, two days. And what about when we were halfway through that workout and you went, 
We'll have to stop me back's foot. Oh, that one at you? That's just a torture. <laughs> he just sacked it off and went and laid down. <laughs> just like, Shit it's back. not even enjoyable. So you don't even put yourself through it. Just stay in bed. It's not enjoyable. Up, down, left, right, standing up, sitting down. I don't know, I'll just leave me to me. Your things. training routine, this is what he did. Turn the treadmill on. Speed, 20. Like, nearly full whack. Sprint for as long as he can. White Montfara. It's a sprint, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, good three-quarter. So, bum going. <laughs> Did we speak about him lifting the weights? <laughs> the heavy weights? Oh no, no. We've seen the, we'll put the video out. It's a difficult place to, to navigate a gym, I find, personally. Snap. Get in there. No, because problem. you get a lot of people who are into it and they know what they're doing and then treadmills are taking up the, the bikes and you're like, oh, what do I do now? I can't just stand here with my hands in my pockets. Where do I go? The anxiety sets in. I go over to his weights and I know, I know what my capabilities are. I'm like an eight or a ten, max. I can see people are looking up. Well, they're not looking, but in your head, they're looking. All of them were gone. My eights and my tens were gone. Anything lower gone. And there were only 30s left. So I picked up the 30s. <laughs> bi bicep curls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There was that much I nearly, swinging. <laughs> I nearly bust a blood vessel. I don't know what And I could see this woman looking over. And she had, she had the ones I wanted. Yeah, she had the eight or the were tens. Just, they were just... She wouldn't even use them, but then what do you say? Can I use them, please? No. I wish I got... I, I only got you in the mirror because you were paranoid about me getting you on camera. Yeah. So I had to get you through the mirror. Yeah, because you're a twat. <laughs> so why? Why? I'd start filming somebody. Unhealthy, <laughs> unhealthy relationship with food. Unhealthy relationship with the gym. But then I got them in my hands and I'm like, shit, these are well to end. But what do I do now? I can't put them back. You can't... You've gone too far at that point, haven't you? So I was I've just gone. like... <laughs> How many did you do out of your set of ten? Oh, I must have it's three. Three bright red. bright red. And then I got them to here, but then the backlash. The, the, <laughs> so I let them back down again. <laughs> when they hit the floor? Yeah, well, like I was skiing down the hill. <laughs> I knew you, you realised they were too heavy, because normally you pick the weights up and walk a few yards away from the rack. <laughs> But he didn't, he just picked them up with the rat. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then dragged them through the three rooms. They're going to have to go back. here and now. <laughs> and it must have hurt you when I, I went in the gym actually just to get a glass of water. And, uh, and I, I, I started chucking the third piece about no bother. I'm only little, uh, though, John, aren't I? I'm only, yeah. li I'm only little, Johnny. Well, should we get Tony in? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't okay. know what's his laugh as well. I don't know if you've seen the, the, there's a meme of him doing an interview and there's a laugh that just gets like replayed and it came out a couple of times during it I, I couldn't I didn't want to bring it's it up it's, <laughs> it's like a, I won't do it <laughs> get him in <laughs> well episode one series whatever it is who knows fuck knows who knows who can you get him in get him in By the way, I didn't realise how good Dick O's impression of you was until I spent 10 minutes in your company. 10 seconds in your company. Yeah, I've just had a little <laughs> smile because John's told me, you know, loads of stories about his time at Stoke. And I was in here and obviously you were in the living room, John, and I just heard, Parky! <laughs> from the kitchen! <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off! Uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I'll, kill, I'll kill him. It's a, be a very good impression, isn't it? <laughs> very good. Nah, they were a good, good group of players, John. Yeah, we had uh, a, a really tight-knit squad. 
everybody were like pretty much on the same level. Yep. And I think that's what worked. Apart from Rick, Rick were on a fucking totally different level. Yeah. In all aspects. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get fined for swearing in this house. Do we really? Yeah. That's oh, two quid. Jesus that's that's two quid, two quid you owe me. Just let, just let me write this check. Can I just write <laughs> Tony Pulis, £4,374. <laughs> Only. <Yeah. laughs> no, it was, a, it was a good group, if I can remember rightly. And like you say, they were all together. Yeah. Rick, Rick was off his. off the scale, wasn't he, yeah. when he came to. Con, trying to control him and everything else. But what a player he was, John. We well, speak about it a lot about. The Warnock and Tarrapt situation where you know he's going to win you the game. Was it a similar type of thing to that? Just I let him off, give him a... Yeah, I think Rick was much better than him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Rick was just a, a one-off, I think. And the players, the great thing about it was I think the players come to understand that he could be the difference between us winning and losing games. Did you know how good he was when you signed him? I'd watched him a few times. I'd watched him, I'd, I'd got clips of him when he was up in Scotland, playing in Scotland as well. Um, and then when I spoke to Harry, um, you know, I think we paid 200 grand for him. Um, and I spoke to Harry and Harry said, he's, listen, he's a top player. The problem is, is his knee. And that's the worry all the time is that knee could go at any time. But John will tell you, he was in the gym most mornings before training. He'd go in after training and he'd just spend hours and hours just strengthening it up. He, he was, in that way, he was brilliant looking after it. I remember being at Preston and Danny Pugh and Michael Tong came yeah. on loan from yeah. Stoke. I'm like, what's what's the crack there? So he just keeps giving us another year because he likes us around the place. Yeah. yeah. Was that some yeah. of it as well? Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Is that when you signed that? He gave me a fucking three. <laughs> <laughs> That's three pounds. <laughs> yeah. I, re I can remember Kempy coming up to me and saying, Pat, you, with Park, he says, you, you know, you're going to have to... Gaffer, you're going to have to move him on. He said, like, how many times have you tried to get him fit and this, that and the other? <laughs> and I can remember saying that. Listen, he's brilliant in the dressing room. <laughs> Forget what he does on the pitch. He's just brilliant in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell the chairman that at the time. <laughs> Was that important for you, though, to have, to have them characters? No, we had, well, I think we had a good group Class of lads. Clans. You know, I'm, I'm obviously, John, John could and should have been a better player in lots of ways if he'd have dedicated his life as much to having a drink and having a laugh and everything else to being a footballer. His goal-scoring ability and his, his technique at times is just beyond what he is, the size of him and everything else. But um, no, I, I just... I, there was a, there, We were at, at the time not working with a lot of money. The budget wasn't... You know, Kempe used to say, we're Battersea dogs on... You know, we just pick up the strays. We don't pick up, you know, we're not picking up quality. We, we, we sign Ricardo, he's got one leg. You know, <laughs> you, know the, you know, we signed, um, you know, players that were, there was always something wrong with them. And we managed to get them in and, and keep them fit, keep them together. Spirit was good. I think we encouraged that spirit, that togetherness. And it goes a long way. It does go a long way. By the way, was it stoked when you tipped the golf buggy? Yeah, in Austria, just the day before Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story about that. Uh, I think I think it was Tags. Was it Tags? Come, was Tags there at no, the time? No, was Tag. Tag, Tags one there. Who was it? It was. I was in with, I was in with Simo, Steve Simonson in the in the in the buggy. Buggy. Oh, it's a different time. Yeah, go on, John. Uh, so yeah, so I've tipped the golf buggy. I'm playing against Real Madrid the next night. Cannavaro, Ramos, and I've tipped the golf buggy. Fucking about. <laughs> Cut all my leg, nearly missed the nearly missed the trip, nearly missed the game. Did you apologise to Tony? Uh, well, it weren't his golf buggy, was it? 
I apologise to, apologise to the club pro by giving him twelve hundred euros. <laughs> but the, the place, just talking about Austria, we used to go to Austria all the time. I, I loved Austria. I thought it was fabulous for the, not just the work we did and John were going about the work and everything else, but getting the players together, it, it, getting them up that early, working them, and then having them working in the afternoon and then in the evening, the togetherness that that it brought. As a group, was absolutely. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Well, we were all together thinking he's fucking killing us. <laughs> I think it might have been Dick on about where you stood at the top of the hill and you just made a time up. You've got to get up this hill in no, we, forty-three we, seconds. Yeah. Well, John, it's <laughs> joking. Twelve. Um, <laughs> no, it, it was. Um, the hotel was fantastic. Yeah, and the people at the hotel just loved the lads. You know, like I say, it was a. You know, it was a bunch of Herberts there in in lots of respects, but they were great lads. You know quite a bit about your management, but taking it back to when you were younger, obviously Newport, from Newport, what was the crap there? Local football, always wanted to be a player. Yeah, I, I wasn't him. I, my dad was a steel worker and we lived down the docks um, and we lived in a little three-bedroomed terraced house with four boys sleeping in one bed, two, my two sisters sleeping in another bedroom and my, my dad in a little box room. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I started playing football at a young age, played everything really, just wanted to be outdoors. Always, I never ever felt comfortable being indoors for a long time. Always wanted to be outside. Um, and then there were the local team then, obviously it was the Docks. The local team was a good team, it was a good youth team. Played there all the way through. The community was fam fantastic. Obviously we had a big family, there was eight of us. You know, if we run out of milk or whatever, you go next door, knock next door, they give you half a bottle of milk, knowing that mum, you know, when the time came, mum would give that half a bottle of milk back or the bread, or borrow some bread or this, that and the other. The community was just, it, it was a community and everybody looked after everybody. And, you know, they talk about, you know, today and how poor it was and how this, that and the other. When you look back, um, I was brought up in a very, very uh, tough environment, but I thought it was fantastic. And, um, you know, it's uh, it, it was just one of those. We were not privileged in anything we had, but we're fortunate in what we had. That community aspect was something that's missing a bit now. Man, you're in view. Well, if John, your neighbour comes around yeah, for, a, for a bottle of milk now with a curdle back, so you get to end Where we are now. They come round and say, uh, is there any chance I can borrow another bottle of champagne, please, Tony? <laughs> but, John, you would have had that in Barnsley. Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty similar. I think it's the working the, class the working communities. Class, yeah, especially in the, up in Barnsley with the coal mining and all that, people yeah. lending each other food and all that back in. Yeah. back in the day. And is that something you took forward when you were playing and managing that togetherness as a I, team? Yeah, I, th I think the, the, the great way, the, the, my, one of my greatest strengths is that I, I'm, I'm always there. People say you can't do it. And, and when they say you can't do it, I want to do it. And when I jumped on that train, I, I, you know, I was at Bristol Rovers when I was 15 and then at 16 joined as an apprentice. When I left that station, you know, I look back and I can remember sitting in on the train with two other lads who were also apprentices at Bristol. And as, as the train went out of the station, I, I promised myself I would give it absolutely everything. And luckily, I've had a wonderful career. Yeah, wonderful. Looking back, did you have the ability to back that up at that point? I, I, was, I had two operations. I had, a, uh, uh, I had a, a cartilage out when I was very young. In 16, 17 years of age, and then did my knee ligaments and was out for ages with them. And then I had an ankle operation when I was 20, and that, that kept me out for about nine, 10 months. 
But the great thing about the club, about Bristol at the time, Bristol Rovers, Bristol Rovers had some wonderful people there. And they had Bill Dodgin, old Bobby Campbell, not the one who was at Fulham. Uh, Colin Dobson was, you know, Dobby, you'd know mm. Colin Do Dobson. Don Megson, Gary's dad. They were really, really good people. And they gave me an extra year. And they must have seen I was struggling, John. But they gave me that extra year. And that extra year gave me enough time to establish myself back as maybe not as good as what I was before I had the injury, but good enough to eventually make a living out of the game. What type of player would you describe yourself as? I've got a quote here from Eric Redknapp, three words. An absolute animal. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I was a touch player. <laughs> No, I, I was, I was comp I, again, we're talking about uh, a period in, in English football where it was different to what it is you today. To and and, you, and you, you have to accept, and I don't think we do this today, you know, everybody's very, very quick at throwing stuff at people. It was a different era there, different mm. standards. You have to be a different type yeah, of player. You know, different uh, um, principles than what we are today. For all what Harry, you know, people say about Harry, when I joined Bournemouth, he was a fantastic football man, really, really good coach. You know, he always, he was he was a ducker and a diver. He enjoyed his horse racing. He enjoyed whatever was going. He was, that was in age. But he was a top, top coach. And he'd worked with, if you spoke to him, he worked with top people at West Ham. You know, Ron Greenwood, uh, John Lyle, people like that. And he'd talk about uh, uh, um, Bond and, and you know, the, the Malcolm Allison. All those people, all those West Ham coaches and players that had come through and Harry had learnt so much from them. He was he was excellent and, you know, I was doing, I'd already done my coaching badges at 21. I want to say, did you do them early because of your injury? But my, I did it because that year, that year, I could have a year at Torrey, I could have two weeks at the, it was the A licence then, it was like prelim, intermediate A licence. And I could have two weeks at Lillyshaw, um, was it Lillyshaw or Cardiff, whatever, two weeks where I'd be training all the time and running around. And I, I went there really to get fit as another added thing to try and get fit. And I ended up getting a, getting a, a qualification at 21. So I'd always that, from that point onwards, I always then looked to be, you know, aware of what coaches were doing and saying. And I, I was very, very lucky again that, Every year then, John, they'd have a week at Lillyshaw. There'd be a coaching week at the end of the season. And you'd have the top coaches, you'd have, you know, and I mean the top coaches coming in, um, you know, from Italy, all over Europe, but also in, in England. So you see Don Howe work, Dave Sexton, you know, Terry Venables would work, people like that. You know, there, there, there was all these people. And I'm 20, 24, 25, 26 at this time. And I'm watching these people work, sitting back in you know, in all really of these top people working. And um, I, H was re re really, really good, really good. I didn't have Redknapp down as a coach. I've never never yeah. worked under him. I always thought he was a he, good delegator. I, I, th I think, speaking to Harry now, and, and even when, because um, I took over from Harry down here, Harry left, went to West Ham, and I took over as manager here. You speak to, you speak, I speak to Harry now, or speak to him after he'd left, and I think he changed a little bit. I think he realised, and I, I say this now to, to people, never mind how good a coach you are, if you haven't got the players at a certain level, at the level you want them to be, you're not going to be as successful. So coaching an organisation, well, he'll tell you, you know, you, you, I work and I work and I work on it. But in the end, 
to get to that next level, you need the players capable of doing it as well as you want them to do it. And I think a lot of the times coaches work and ask people to do, and it's a big fault, something that they can't achieve, or they'll go in fashion. You know, people will want to do this because someone else is doing it and you're trying it on players who are just not capable of doing it. But they find out, and unfortunately they find out too late because if you don't win games in management, you don't you don't stay around. That's the difference for us. When we finished the season, we just couldn't wait to get to Magaluf Goodwin. <laughs> we went thinking, oh, I'm going to lose you all next week. <laughs> Do a bit of coaching. Alan Irvin used to say all the time, if you want to be a good coach, work with good players. Yeah. But I, you know, and, and I think you can improve players. I am, you know, I've, I've had loads of people say, "Don't waste your time." You, you know, you're wasting your time on this. And I, I, I never seen it as that. I always thought that you could put a little bit into it. You know, I, I, I can remember uh, Michael Dubry and, and Tags at Stoke, and we were working on the back four. And Mike, Michael was so quick, Dubry, you know, great lad. He was so quick. He wanted people to play up the side of him so he could have a race with a centre forward. Jerry couldn't run. You know, he, he, Jerry wanted the left back to stay there to fill the space. And if he didn't fill the space, Jerry would kill him. And so you had two centre-halves playing together, one who wanted to drop off and just defend that space. And, and Michael wanted to push in all the time and encourage him to play balls behind because he'd just turn and he'd, he, he was so quick and strong. And I, I had to sit down with the two of them and talk to them and, and, and make them understand that if, we were gonna be a, if they were going to be a pair... Then they had to do one or the other. And I said to Dubes, he can't do what you can do. You can do what he can do. You can sit off and still defend well. But yeah, and that I think that's a little bit of coaching as well. Yeah. And the fact that Jerry went, You're right. <laughs> you, <laughs> you make still, sure you, you stay still with me. <laughs> <laughs> which, which player do you take most pride in on that in, uh, basis of you working with them and seeing a level that Get an level of, of improvement? Which one would I say? The most frustrating player and the best player would be Rick, but the most frustrating... You know, I'd, I'd sit on the touchline or stand on the touchline, and after 20 minutes, i got to Kempi. He's, 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 he's in Jamaica, man. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not on the pitch, and Kempi would go, oh, for goodness sake, just leave it. And, and I'd walk back, and I'd be looking at Kempi every time Rick had just missed... Never got there, never did this, and then all of a sudden he get the ball and he go bomb, 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 one nil, or bomb, 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 passed it to someone and it was one nil. And I tell that story. You've most probably heard the story about when he, we, you know, we're, we're fighting for promotion, and uh, we play Wolves. We got Wolves. Mick was manager at Wolves at the time, and it's a two week break, and Kempi can't find a Jamaican game, so he's saying to me, listen. We play Saturday. There's no Jamaican game for the next two weeks. There's no game. So anyway, Rick turns up. He's got his, you know, suitcase. He's got the lot. Rick, come here, mate. What's happening? He says, oh, international. No, you've got no games, Rick. Here's the international. Look, there's all the lists of fixtures. A gaff. No, we got a game. He says, but you got me. He says... I'll go the first week. We've got this friendly game they've arranged. <laughs> he says, I'll be back the following week You've on the Monday. Me. So I'm thinking, I'll have, I'll have that. Monday, a week. Have a, give him a week give off. A week. <laughs> give us a break. Give him a week. Give him a week off. I had a game back in Barnsley. <laughs> <Yeah. all> <laughs> give him a week, John, and then, and then that'll be it. Anyway, turn up Monday. Where's Rick? Because I go and see Dave. Where's Rick? I don't know. He hasn't rung in. 
goodness sake. Tell Dave the story. Tuesday, now we're playing Wolves. We've sold 6,000 tickets. It's the back end of the season. They're third, we're second. So uh, Tuesday comes, no Ricardo. Uh, Wednesday, by the way, I'm thinking, I'm getting a game here. Yeah. <laughs> Can you remember it, John? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so we go right through the blinking week and he still don't turn up. Friday, don't even turn up. Saturday, we have pre-match at the ground. You know, Wolves is only 30 minutes away. So we, we all, who walks in, Rick? He's got his hat. Remember, he had a hat on the side of his head. He's got his tracksuit. <laughs> he wobbled in. Oh, that's, all the lads are giving God. He's, you know, he's turned. Taking the mick. Taking the mick out of us and this, that and the other. He walks to the top. No, he wouldn't sit on the table with the lads. He walks right up, gets his beans on toast or whatever he had, sits on the table up there. So I'm like, Kempi, I'm going to kill him. Kempi, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I, I can't have this. Kempi's gone, Tom, just relax. Just relax. You might need him. You might, <laughs> you might just need him. So I'm going to need him. I said, he couldn't even walk straight walking up there. I said, goodness knows what he's been up to. Anyway, get on the bus. All the players get on the bus. Rick walks past. Rick, where have you been, mate? He says, you won't believe it. He said, I've been trying to get in and out of Miami. <laughs> Miami, I, I landed, then I went, they flew me back to Jamaica because I didn't have this passport <laughs> and you know, all the excuses under the sun and just walked through. And I turned to Kemp and went, eh, what use is he going to be for us? He said, Tom, relax, let's get to the game. Prepare the lads that you've worked with now, get them. So uh, anyway, we got one nil up, don't we? <clears throat> I think Mama scores, yeah. or Mama crosses it, Rory scores, one, one of those two. Could Mama have scored? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I think it was one of his few goals. It was great, great. That one need John. It was fabulous, perfect fabulous. for Ricardo. Yeah, Rick, yeah, it, it yeah. Did, I, I bet he did 19k a game. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> we'll into that one, Ricks. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it really was. So anyway, he gets he, he, we we go one nil up. Uh, then they score. I think. Then we go two one. Then you go two each, and they're attacking down the slope, and it's like. Balls going into the box, Ryan and Courty are heading battleships out of the, you know, they it's all going off. So Kempy walks up, he goes, Yeah, time to get him on. I said, Time to get him on. I said, look at him and he's sat. <laughs> he's almost like struggling to keep his eyes open. Kemp, what are you on about? He says, get him on. <laughs> so anyway, I said, Rick, go and warm up. So he walks, jogs, walks, and he's at the top end of the ground talking to the wolf supporters. <laughs> you know, the lads, and everything's flying in, his tackle's going. You know, I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're up against it here. So <laughs> I call him down. So he jogs down, takes his tracksuit off. Do you remember? He goes on the pitch. They have another corner. They head it out, and Rick's on this side. It drops to him. He dribbles it up the pitch. He beats three people, smashes it in the back of the net. <laughs> On my life, I'm like, <laughs> he runs all the way down. Can you remember? He runs all the way down the pitch, and the lads have been hammering him. And I mean, hammering him. Everybody's jumping on him. Everybody's kissing him. Everybody's cuddling him. So then we get another one, John, and we win 4 2, don't we? So I'm, 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 I'm not joking. I'm absolutely washed out. So I come in after the game. I'm absolutely delighted for the lads and everything else. And I sit down. And I can see him over in the corner. I'm thinking, God, <laughs> and all of a sudden he gets up. He don't see me looking at him. He gets up and he walks over, and he sits by there, and he puts his hand around me, and he says, "Gaff, you worry too much." <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then I went, <laughs> he went, that's why you got no air. <laughs> <laughs> and he got up and just walked straight across <laughs> and sat down. And that was, that was Ricardo. Wasn't it, John? <laughs> Special. As good as he was, was it a juxtaposition for you to keep the other lads on side uh, when he was getting away with it? what he did? <laughs> it was Kemp, he was keeping me on side. <laughs> Mind the players. But we just we just knew, like, like that we played Scunny. Remember the game against Scunthorpe? We played Scunthorpe. We were 2-0 down. Yeah. We'd sold Pato to Scunny. Pato had got the two <coughs> goals. We were awful. We go out at halftime. I'm walking down the side and I'm saying, you know, again, you know, we need more off Rick. I don't know if you can remember over the far side, he picks a ball up. He goes past two or three players like they weren't there, lays it across, Liam scores. And then I think he scored and everyone made it two each and then we end up winning the game 3-2 yeah. and it was all down to him. It was it, Nobody else could have done what Rick done. And, you know, we got six points off Scunthorpe that year that got us promoted. And in both games, we were losing and not playing that well. And he was, he was the difference. Was there ever a time when he went three, four, five games of not doing it and you've had to say something to him. Well, I, th I think we, 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 this is after obviously John's left, I think we tried to get people in to replace him and I think it was a little bit like Glenn, Glenn Whelan. We signed Glenn from um, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. He took Glenn, great, great pro, wasn't he, John? Great pro. Still playing now. And every time, every time, every, se every time the season finished, I'd always think, I've got to replace Glenn. You know, he hasn't got the pace, he hasn't got this, he hasn't... You know, you find faults on it. Every time I replaced him, within a month of that player having some games, Glenn would be back in the team. And he'd be back in the team. And I've got so much respect for, for Whelan, for Glenn, in respect of proving me wrong. Someone hitting him on the head all the time and him getting up again and then getting up again. And the respect I've got for Glenn is just amazing. He's doer. And he can be doer, and oh, he, can be, he can be, you know, he's one of those, you know, Irish, either half full or half empty. You could catch Glenn either way with it. But what a wonderful kid. And I think Rick, I was always trying to replace Rick. So we had Kitson. Is this the Kitson Beatty? Is that what? <laughs> yeah, no, James was the one, really. You know, that, and I know you can ask me about Beatty and what happened there and all that stuff, but Beatty came in uh, Christmas time with Matty Etherington. Yeah. And we were, we were, Fourth, third, or fourth from bottom. This is the first season in the Premier, in the Premier League, League yeah. and James got twelve goals. You know, he he was absolutely fantastic. I can remember playing Man City, and we had I think either Dicko or Wilco got sent off in that game. We played with ten men, and we beat Man City one 0 James got a great goal at the back post. I think Matty Matty crossed it. James got above everybody and powered it in. That day, I've never been at a ground where every second, every minute. You know, like 30,000 people were stood up just egg, egging us on to win the game. We won the game afterwards. And I, I have never, ever, from that point or, or before or after, I've never been in a ground where I've, the, the atmosphere has been so much for a team mm -hmm. from start, for start that second half to the end of the second half. They just seen us through. It was just amazing. Every tackle, every challenge, every pass, every this, that and the other, they were just up. If a referee made a, a, a decision he shouldn't have, he got absolutely pelted. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was amazing, really. As a manager, what are, you, what are your thoughts when <clears throat> your main striker's going over to your right back and clipping him round the head? <laughs> was Griff captain then as well? Andy Griffin. At West Ham. Yeah, West Ham. No, West Ham. I think there was stuff, you know, Rick's, like I say, there, there was always 
controversy around Rick and Griff was a, a you know a lot of time for Andy as well. Andy was fiery and um, he could be he could be at it as well if you uh, you know if you're really being honest. Um, and the two of them, it was a little bit of a electricity between the two of them, and you know they, but it was sorted out afterwards. Yeah, you know, and that and that's that's men being men. You know, it's it's we're not. We weren't in an age now where everything is is Peter perfect and everything has to be, you know, nice and don't do this and don't do that. We were in an age where, you know, I would dig players out, players would have a moan and a groan, or players would dig. You know, we'd come in the dressing room and you'd have, you know, I've, I've seen where Taggart's had someone up against the wall, in the, you know, <laughs> in the in the dressing room, one of his own players. You know, it was those those times. And you probably listen to the radio after the game, they'll be like. Tony Pulis will be fuming. How is he going to deal with this? I bet you didn't even have to say anything. I bet you, the, the, I bet the, you they've the come whole, in, the, sorted it all the, out. Yeah, the, the whole group was such a good group that they they were annoyed with what happened and they were annoyed with the individuals. But we soon got over it. It was, you know, it's it's, it's like the BE incident um, at, at Arsenal. It happened on the Monday. We went in. It was all sorted out and we moved on. You know, it what it's not what it's like today. Obviously, we didn't have social media and you didn't have all this going on and all Every, that all the different on. versions of what happened yeah and and players players were different you know I, i'll go on about tags again but I, you know I, i've got a great story about jerry we put we play on the on the saturday and the following saturday we've got another home game and we play on the saturday and he comes and sees me he says my uncle's uncle's cousin's nephew niece is in northern ireland for the weekend is it right if i go over and have a weekend with them gaffer and i'll, I'll turn up tuesday so yeah, yeah, no problems, gel. You know, as long as you you're not stupid with it. And we had the greatest kit person in the world at Stoke, Winnie. Yeah, Winnie was absolutely, honestly, she was just a wonderful, wonderful woman. Winnie and John run the show really for me. They used to look after me, and they'd tell me what was going on in the dressing room if they felt it was affecting the team. You know, Winnie's loads of times pulled me and go have a word with him. He's not up to any good or and she's other... got worse language than me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and when I said that John couldn't swear Winnie would have told me where to go don't worry about that so anyway Tags goes off to Ireland and uh, on the on the Monday he's not in on the Tuesday he's not in so Winnie says Gaffer Tags on the phone he's had a drink <laughs> so God. Tags how are you mate so he's going, oh, you can't believe it. And he comes <laughs> up with his story again. <laughs> My cousin, you know, he's staying over for an extra day and this, <laughs> I can't let him go back to America without... Uh, tags, make sure you're in Thursday. Yeah, okay, so he comes in Thursday and he was in an absolute dreadful state. <laughs> and you know what Tags was like? He was in a dreadful state. And, you know, I, I, I tell you now, I loved, I loved him. I did, honestly. He was a winner. An absolute out and out winner. So I got Rudgie, Rudgie walking around the pitch. So we're doing a shape, and I'm saying to Tags, have a look what we're doing. We're playing whoever it was on the Saturday. Just have a look what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve. Da, da, da. So he'd walk around the pitch, walk around the pitch. Paul Rudgie, what was he like? He said he couldn't see anybody on the pitch. <laughs> Never mind, what's what you were doing? <laughs> on the Friday, I pull him and I go, Gel, I'm really disappointed. You know, da, 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 da. He says, if we get beat tomorrow and I don't play well, Keep my wages. I won't take them. You give them to charity or whatever, I won't take them. It turned up on the Saturday. Absolutely fantastic. We win the game and he was brilliant. Absolutely. You, and you, I couldn't 
you know, you can't work out how, how? someone could do what he's done yeah. and then turn up on Saturday yeah. and be absolutely spot on. He, he was he was a man, wasn't he? Yeah, I still play golf with him now oh, on dear. Thursday. Yeah. He's a cheat and all, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he's a but, big drinker, he's a uh, cheat if you listen to the tags. But he he's he, proper, proper. Another another story about that. We we had the Icelandic owners when Jerry was there. And we used to have to go up in the boardroom. I never used to go up in the boardroom. I never wanted to go. But when the Icelandic people come over, they'd always ask you to go in the boardroom. So we've gone in there the one day and we've won the game and they couldn't stand Jerry. They 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 just wouldn't have in Jerry at all. They, just they, because of his, the way he well, was. Well, there was an Icelandic centre-half there that I wouldn't play and they thought he was better than Jerry and, and this, that and the other. So we, me and Kempi go in, then we sit down. They've just finished having a drink or whatever and the, the, they're, they're talking about the game. Oh, good result, blah bloody blah do you think we could have done this better? And the fella goes, uh, Taggart. So I go, yeah, he says, he's the luckiest player I've ever seen in my life. I said, oh, yeah. Why is that? Every time the ball comes in the box, it just hits him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Kepi's gone. Come on, Gaff. <laughs> I got up and went, yeah, bye, bye. <laughs> Off he went. Uh, Kepi never let me forget that one. Yeah, <laughs> it just hits him on the head. Who's your uh, your best ever pound for pound signing? I think uh, I think I know. Yeah, Parky. <laughs> <laughs> no one else has got as much pound on him. <laughs> I, I, I ought to have been about fucking eighty million quid, really. If we're going pound for pound. <laughs> no, best sign. I don't know. It's very difficult because I've, I've over over the years at different clubs. Um, you know, I was at Bournemouth. I, I bought Joe Parkinson for twenty grand from Walsall. It's a long time. You most probably can't remember Joe. Joe went to Everton for eight hundred thousand. He's a fabulous player, and unfortunately, had a couple of injuries, curtailed his career. It's pe people like that. Sorry, people like that. But um, you know, you look back on, you think he, he what a good player he was. And then you know, when I was at Gillingham, Andy Essen Tyler came. Essie was fantastic for the club. Great energy. We had some really, really good players there, um, and Andy topped it off. Really, he had that little bit about him. Bob Taylor, Sabs, when I was at Gillingham, were, were outstanding. But you know, I had Guy Butters, Ashby Pennock, you know, uh, uh, Ad Pennock. You know, I just had really. I've always had. I think I've always tried to get real good characters. They might be a little bit loose here and a little bit loose there. And they might be a bunch of Herberts when you let them go. <laughs> but, you know, I used to like working with good people. And how do you? How far did you go with your research on that? Oh, unbelievable. I was terrible. I'd ring, I'd ring people up. You know, I'd go and try and find out what they were doing on a Wednesday night or what they were doing Saturday after games. I would try, you know, obviously it didn't work with Rick. But... I've got lots of friends who will lie for me. <laughs> Crazy, I, I, I pulled John the one day and I said to him, pre-season, I said, John, come on, we've had enough, mate. You've got to start losing some weight. <laughs> I said, you know, it's, a, it's an absolute joke. So he used to travel in with Crazy. So I pulled Crazy and Crazy's great lad. Fit as, what was Crazy like? 33, 33 34. I'm still fit as a... Yeah. Honestly, just yeah. unbelievable. You know, box to box. He was fabulous. Uh, honestly. And a great lad as well. I really liked Crazy. So I pull him, I said, listen, look after him. <laughs> so he says, Gaffer, he says, there's a motorway caravan 
He says, we can get past it. <laughs> he says, I say to him, don't, don't. And he said, when he drives, he just drives straight <laughs> And I'll have a bacon and egg toasted sandwich. He'll have two. <laughs> it's just a mental block. Yeah. Got to pull in. <laughs> no, not that's much has changed. I should have put my sat after. <laughs> not the ground, the gaffy. <laughs> oh, I said, Chris, can you stop him? He said, I can't stop him, <laughs> John said that you're always very concerned about his family. When you're getting dropped, you, I don't know oh, if you... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a family, and like, yeah. Gaffer, I know I'm not playing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd always try and bring something into it. <laughs> just to take the pain away, take the pressure. No, I think that's... Well, you said you knew what were coming. Oh, I, not, I, that, not just me, everybody. If you weren't dropped. Yeah, I think, I think that's most probably the most difficult thing. When you've got a group of players that you really respect and like, um, telling them they're not playing or telling them you have to release them. Um, you know, I had a... A wonderful, wonderful captain at uh, at Gillingham. Um, my first year, then we won, we won the or come second in the league, got promoted. Um, it was Dave Martin. Dave had been promoted more than anybody else. He was a great lad, fit as a flea for his age. It wasn't quick, but he was really, really and and a leader. And I'll tell you one story with Dave. Dave, we played. I can't remember who we played. We played someone, and he came in afterwards on the Saturday, and he had I think it was ten stitches in his ankle, and his ankle was like that. We played on the Tuesday. And there was no way he was going to be fit. And Tuesday, he, Wayne Jones was the physio. He strapped him up. You, you, you couldn't see his toes. They were so white. There was no blood going through it at all. And he played. And the first tackle he went into was a block tackle, 50-50 tackle. And I thought, he's not going to fancy this. He went through the lad like you couldn't believe it. And that, that's, you know, so anyway, I pulled that. We, we get promoted and I get a phone call about Andy Essentyler who was at Watford at the time. I thought, oh, I'd take Essie all day. He can run, scores goals in midfield, you know, really, really good type. So I pulled Dave in and Dave was my captain. I was D -D Dave, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I was, Dave, listen, da 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 things move on. But what I'd done for him, I'd, I'd sorted out a move to Northampton. Ian Atkins was manager at Northampton at the time. And I'd got Scally, D D Dave had a year left or two years left on his contract. I got, Paul Scully to give him some money as well to go. But even telling him that, Dave was really disappointed because we had such a, a again, a good group of players. He didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. So telling players at the end or, or during the season or whatever that they've got to go, especially when you've got some feeling for them, it's really, really That's difficult. That's harder than dropping them for one game. And yeah. It? No, but it is. You know, your, your, your management's difficult at most times. Um, and it's, you know, when you're doing that to people you respect and, and people you like. Harry was the best. Harry was unbelievable at telling people. You'd walk out of the room, you know, as high as a kite with the lovely things he'd say about you. And then by the time you shut the door, you thought, he's just dropped me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just left me out. You know, you'd walk out as I am thinking, oh, you know, what a great man he is. Was that one of his best attributes, his man management? Can Ooh, you remember H. Harry Redman? Oh, no, Harry was, Harry's a, a, a people's person, you know, he, he all the way along. The great thing about H is that his memory is, is fabulous. He can remember people. Even today, you know, I've, I played golf with him a couple of weeks ago and he will see people he hasn't seen for years and he'll get their names. Mm. So it's, a, it's a great, it's a great skill, advantage. Yeah, yeah. Just talking about that man management skill, how... How good were you at knowing a character and I just knowing found, what they understand? Uh, yeah, you know, I, like understanding those yeah. different characters and knowing what they need. 
I just I just found out everything about their background. And like I say, I I you know we, I signed you know people moaned about one or two players that I've signed who had bad reputations and this that and the other. And I always thought you know Jermaine Pennant you know was fantastic for us when I was there. The two years that I had with Jermaine was fantastic. People had told me not to touch him with a badge pole and this that and the other. The fella had unbelievable ability. Yeah. Keeping him focused and keeping him at it, yeah. But I thought Jermaine was a two-window player. Um, so two two windows, you get the best out of him, and then you'd have to move him on because he'd get complacent, he'd get set in his mm. nice and comfortable ways, and that's when he would drop off. And I think there's players that you you have, and you think, well, I can I can have them for two or three years or two or three windows. I can actually bring them up a level. It won't be consistent, but I can bring them up a level, and then try and move them on just before they tip over the edge. So you know that before you've even signed them? Yes, yeah. is... I, I, there'd be players. That, listen, there's players, uh, and again, Packy will tell you, there's players that I signed at Stoke that I went, they're the bedrock of this club now for the next 10 years. You know, that Houthi, Shawcross, Wheeland, John Walters, people like that. Crouchy was fabulous. Yeah. You know, people with great characters, but who could cope with that. Asmir... Begovic, Sorensen, really, really good characters, John. One day they're really, really good people and good characters. And you think I'm not, I'm not getting rid of them. And I think that was this. I'm not sure whether it is today. That was the secret, a big secret of management. A management at, at a certain level is that you add the players, and then you know oh, I'd recognise the ones that would drop off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> How many uh, window were there? I was going to ask that. No, you had a few yeah. windows more than what you deserved. <laughs> we, had, we had to take the window out to get you out. <laughs> you certainly had a few more windows than you deserved. Quick pause, gents, for our sponsor for the series. Bet, mate. This is exciting, by the way. I'm looking forward to it. What we got, can we say? Fantasy football. We're, we're doing it every week. Seven aside, fantasy football. Pick your best seven. It's amongst us. So it's not us against Betmate, it's me against you and me yeah, against you. Yeah, so we're against each other. This oh. is exciting. In general, Betmate's raw stakes or one to five pound, so it's not like a bookies. You just go in against your mates. See, I'm going to struggle with this because it's seven seven aside and four subs. And I don't know 11 players who play in Premier League. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to struggle, but I'm going to give it a bash. But we've got a league. I mean, it's open now. Everybody else can get involved. Can you pick any seven players? Any seven players. No, no budget. No budget. All oh, right. Game changer. Just the creme de la creme of who you think is going to do well that week. But no, captain's double points. Yeah. Vice captain, 1.5 points. Yeah. So they're vital. Another good one. You can change your team at the five minutes before kickoff. Oh, so if somebody's, somebody's oh, not made the cut. Yeah. Yeah, because they like to cut off with um, most fantasy teams, aren't there? And then whoever you've picked ends up. Yeah, so up. your subs are, subs are not, just not playing or yeah. injured or not, are not oh, playing. Or if somebody's put a weakened team out, maybe, jump on it. So everybody watching, everybody listening can get involved. So Click the just link, John. Just download the app, BetMate, and uh, you can finally join the league. And not just that, if you uh, use the code UTC5 when you when you sign up, there's a fiver there for you to get yourself going. That so along you've with got a, free... a fiver to play in a, a normal league, yeah. and we've got us... Free league as well. Free league as well. So with that first five, so, so first, first uh, weekend of our uh, fantasy league, you can get involved for an out. Talking about stalking yeah. as a general over them two periods, 
did you have a blueprint when you went in? Because what you created though, you know, you, you kind of created a whole identity. People talk about the going to Stoke on, I th- on I a think, Wednesday. Yeah, that, that was yeah. created through the play, the, the yeah. like you said, the crowd and it was the, the, the crowd best crowd. atmosphere. The year we got promoted was the best atmosphere. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It was just all them, all them different. It, it was just, it was just. We, I'd, I'd, I'd managed to do a very similar thing at Gillingham four years. And I took over at Gillingham when the the, uh, the change of man at Tony Smith was, and he's a wonderful friend, a wonderful man, and Val. They were they owned a football club and then they sold it to Paul Scally. But what people don't know is that they said, we'll only give you the club if Tony's manager. So I then went in as manager. They'd finished 91st in the league that year. And the great thing, the lucky thing was, I'd had a year out of football with uh, having got the sack at Bournemouth. I'd gone to watch loads of games and I'd watch this and I'd watch that. I got the job and all the players, there was about 19 players out of contract. And we had the chance that year, and it was all mostly free transfers. We bought Fortune West, I think, for five grand. Kevin Ratray out of Norton on league. We got Kevin, uh, uh, sorry, Mark Harris. People like really good characters into the team. And we bought Dennis Bailey for 35 grand from, from QPR. And Dennis was a good player. Leo Fortune West was the worst trainer Honestly, you know, I played with him, yeah. we watched him. We we used to do like running drills on a Friday, and I'd pick four teams, four teams of five, and Dave Martin. Dave Martin used to say, I used to always put Leo in with Dave because I knew he'd annoy Dave. And <laughs> in the end, Dave used to say, Gaffer, how many press ups are we doing, and how many runs are we having? And he'd go, it's five, five press ups, five runs. He goes, Come on, lads, twenty five, and they do the twenty five before the, even the races started. But on a Saturday, he was so effective. It was frightening. I think he got about, what was it, nearly 20 goals that year. But I brought Dennis in and I, I said to Dennis, Dennis, don't get involved with anything. Just follow him around. And the balls will come in the box and they drop off him. And Dennis got loads of goals because of Leo as well. Um, so, you know, I had I had that year and then we had the year building up or the years building up. Where we went to Wembley and we were 2-0 up. We had 90-odd thousand. We should, have won, we should have won the game. By far the better team. Joe's tried to spin it around and say Man City were, but they weren't. <laughs> we were we were much better. So we went from, you know, my first game there I think was Wrexham at home, two and a half thousand. My last game was at Wembley against Man City in front of ninety odd thousand people. So I had the opportunity and the chance at Gillingham over four years to put something in place, and I, again it, I, it was based all on, yeah, I wanted quality, but I wanted good people, people who I knew would turn up week in week out. And whether they were in the team, out of the team, because there's there's a there's a real, and I, I really do think this is important to say. There's a there's a real strength in having people out of the team who are annoyed and disappointed for not playing, but get behind the team mm. and stick with the team, and then you get that wonderful togetherness. That yeah, there, there's disappointment, and they they'll moan and groan, and they'll do this, that, and the other, but generally. If you've got good people, they'll stick and they'll want they'll want to do well for the club. So having had that four years at Priestfield, going back into Stoke, I knew the budgets, I knew what was needed, I knew the area, the area of a very, very working class area. And they wanted to see people turn up and play and run around. I think we created that spirit and that togetherness. And they bought into it, John, didn't they? And, and did that play a big part, sorry. <clears throat> Like with no disrespect, would it have? Would you have not say a Fulham, for instance? You well, don't think I, it would have worked I, at a place I, I went, like that. I, yeah, I went to to Palace, and and Palace took off 
I only had a short period there, but that that took off. They 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 bought into it, and we had to play different at Palace. I had uh, uh, Balassi and Punch and Wide, and we played with two wingers. We had no big player up front. We had um, Jerome Thomas, who, mm. who was a runner, but couldn't. You know, no disrespect to Jerome. His greatest strength is not holding it up and people playing off him. So we had to change it a little bit. But crowd-wise, I think the the year we got promoted and then the three years there, the first two years in the Premiership, you know, they, 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 it was back of the neck, airs on the back of your neck, standing up sometimes at the home, home ground. It, it was just phenomenal. Talking about uh, Berahino. Yeah. Because, uh, John, you've got some quite strong opinions on, on from a player's perspective of when your head gets turned, I think I think there's a way you can make moves happen, kicking balls and all that. Luckily, I never had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't let me go to press it, I'd have fucking done it. <laughs> Did you understand from that player's no, perspective? No, I, 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 I think with with Sido, listen, um, there's a lot of things that went on at West Brom at that time. Tottenham were very very keen on Sido at, at that, and I think obviously they got into him. And he thought the boy thought he was going, and Jeremy in the end wouldn't let him go. And from that point onwards, he, d- he didn't he didn't want to go on pre-season. He didn't want to do this. He didn't want to do that. And and I'd had a chat with him. Um, you know, I had a a chair in my room in the manager's room, and I used to call it the naughty chair. And you know, I'd bring <laughs> bring him in and sit him down there and have a good chat with him. And I went home, met him and his mum, um, and it was really sad because at that time. The, the the season we stayed up, the first season that we stayed up at West Brom, which was a real top top achievement. He he was he was the difference at the top end of the pitch for us. He he looked every time he got in there, he looked as though he was going to score a goal. And I I was just a little bit I I could see he was telling me stuff. I was speaking to obviously Jeremy and the people at West Brom, and I honestly thought there was going to be a deal at the end, and no deal got done. And the the kid was just so the opportunity of going to Tottenham, the opportunity of working with Poch, and working with a young group of players. You know, Tottenham were a very very good mm-hmm. side then. Really, I think really affected Sido, and I don't think he's ever recovered. In that position, you're playing middleman really because you know that he wants to go, but you've still got to get yeah. the best out of him. You you hope you hope, and and Sido I don't think ever grasped it. You hope that eventually they will understand that they have to do the best for themselves. And by doing the best of themselves, that was getting in the team again and scoring goals. To just think that you were actually... He, he was trying to get back at the football club. And it was the wrong, mm, really yeah. the wrong attitude. Now, like I say, I found him to be a good lad. He, he had issues in addressing with other players because he could be a little bit um, big time at, at times. And again, at West Brom, you know, we had Brunty, uh, Morrison, Gads... Uh, two centre-halves were Macaulay and Olsen, fabulous, Ben Foster. They were fantastic lads. And and they wouldn't take any... Shit. Nah, from, from anybody inside. It was a young up coming who top like hit the jackpot by scoring a lot of goals. Um, but they, they, you know, they kept him, they kept him, or oh, they kept his feet on the ground for the majority of time. I, I don't know, I think you might have told that, um, talking about man management and stuff, when you came in and bollocked Shawcross... Yeah, that that was we played. I think it was Blackburn. On, I'm not sure it was, but when it was Blackburn, I think Sam was manager at Blackburn at the time. And we go there and we go one nil up, um, and then we score a great goal. 
Um, Asmir throws it out to Etherington. I think he beats two players running just down the line. There's only th um, three people who touch the ball. He crosses it. Crouch comes in, heads it in. Fabulous, fabulous goal. And it was just before half time. And I'm thinking, it, it was so good. I'm, I'm thinking, because listen, this is another thing. At half time, that's when the game breaks. And never mind how much you're on top. If you don't start the game with the same pace, and the same intensity, and the other team nick a goal, or the other team smell a little bit of blood, it can cause you problems. So I'm walking in, and I'm thinking, that's, that's fantastic. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's one of them, John, where you're going, everything we've worked on and everything that we've tried to do is being just brilliant. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm thinking, that dressing room, I bet the dressing room are feeling that. So I, I walk in. And I, obviously, I always go to the toilet first. So I go to the toilet, like I knew you, and it's da ba 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 oh, You know, your dad, dad, oh, it's brilliant. We did, did, did. So I'm thinking, I've got to do something. So I thought, Ryan's my captain. I'm just going to hammer him. So I went in there. You know what I'm like, John. I went in there, took my cap off, sat down. I said, I said, what are you all jumping around for? And, and everyone's gone, whoops. And then I've gone, Ryan, and I've just absolutely <laughs> hammered him. And I mean, hammered him. Two minutes ago, and you kicked the ball in the stand when you can play it up the line. And I, I just went on and on and on and on. And, and anyway, the great story about that is that I go back in the toilet, to go to the toilet before the second half starts, and I've got Jonathan next to me, Woodgate, and Matty Upson on that side. And the two of them turn to me and go... Gaffer, for goodness sake, don't bring us on. We can't play as well as Royals. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I did it. I, I, pulled, I, I pulled Ryan in on the Monday and I, and I explained to him, I said, you were my captain. So I needed to make a point just to rattle everybody to make sure no one was going out complacent. Mm. I, I needed them to know yeah. that I was on edge and that if they took a step back, that I would, I'd be absolutely fuming. And he went, Ooh, okay. Did you, get, did you get a result? You could have told me on Saturday after the game. Well, I, I, did, I, did that. I did lots of things like that. I, I, we had most probably the, the, one of the, the best players I've ever worked with, Darren Fletcher. So he's coming up to a record number of consecutive appearances in the Premier League. And his form just dipped. And Fletcher was my, you know, like you, who was my boy when you were there? Ricardo. I, I, yeah, Ricardo. So <laughs> I, I'd, I'd always have someone I, that the lads used to go, oh, spoils him and he spoils him and he can get away with murder and, you know, this, that and the other. Anyway, Fletch was that. So we went into a, 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 I think it was the game that he breaks this record and he'd not played well for four games and the other lads were. You know, it was just that little bit of a feeling. Kempy had mentioned it to me. There's a little bit of, uh, well, he's playing Fletch and Fletch ain't doing this and ain't doing that. I had to do something about it. So I pull him in on the Monday, sit him in my room, and I go, Darren, um, what, how do you think you've been playing? So he said, no, not, not you know, he's really honest boy, really, great, great kid, really honest boy. He said, no, no, I don't think I'm playing that well. I said, listen, I think I'm going to leave you out Saturday. He said, oh, gaffer, do us a favour. You know, I get a record appearance or whatever, or you know, I'm on the, on the road to this record appearance. So now, nah, Fletch, you know, I'm, I'm thinking you need a rest, and I, you know, I've got a little bit of a problem. I think it's filtering through to the dressing room and this, that, and the other. Anyway, he goes out. We go out, train on the Monday, do a light session, not too difficult. Who's the best player on the training ground, Fletch? Tuesday, we go out. I do shape, put 
one of the young kids in his place in the team. I, I picked the team nice and early. I want everybody to know they're in the team. So on the Tuesday, we had a good blow. And then I get the, the you know, we're going to do this. We, I can't remember who we were playing. We're going to do this. They're going to do this. So I want I want to look for passes through and into the pockets. And then we break from there and this, that and the other. Fletch is not in there. Who's the best player on the opposition side? Fletch by a mile. Thursday, exactly the same. Now, I told Kempi, I'm picking him Saturday. <laughs> Whatever happens. This was Monday before I have the meeting with Fletch. So I said, there's no way in a million years I'm going to let the leave Darren out. Not a chance. But I don't want him to know that. So, okay. So we went that way. And then on the Friday, picked the team and I put Fletch in. And he's all demeanour. It was like a big sigh of relief, but it, it, all demeanour. And you know what? Best player? Fletch. Now, I could do it with him. Mm. I'm not sure I could have done it with anybody else at the club. Other player, do you think other players, their heads are dropped knowing they're not playing? And yeah, they're... and I think different characters as well. And we had, yeah. some good play, we had some good players at West Brom. You know, Johnny Evans was a fabulous player. He was a pain in the backside at times. We used to argue like hell, but my God, good player, Johnny. Were you a mourner, were you? Nah, it was me moaning at him more than anything else. <laughs> I, I always, I, I always thought John, well, Johnny could could always do a little bit. He was that good. You always, you know, with some people, you're looking at them, you're thinking, like I never used to give you a bollocking because I never ever thought you could do anything but what you were doing. <laughs> but then, but then you get you get Evans and people like, and you think I can get a little bit more out of them. And, and if I kept on to him and kept on to him and kept on, you might just get that little bit more. How did you get draw? Is it Troria? Adama? Like Prime Overmars? I went in there. I had a phone call from a friend of mine at Middlesbrough and he said, listen, the best player at the football club is Adama. He's the best player. He's just, everybody's got on top of him and, you know, he's he looks lost. So I go in there and I called him Billy Wiz. I used to say to the players, just get the ball to Billy Wiz. <laughs> you know, get it out to him and let him do it. What what I did, I pulled him in. I said, Adama, I'm going to play you. I think I think you're... You know, a top, top player. I think you've got lost in what you're trying to do. So I said, what I want you to do, I want you to play wide all the time when we get the ball, just feet on the touchline. And it's up to us to get the ball out to you. And when we get the ball out to you, I want you to run down the pitch and get crosses in. If you're in and around the box and they cut the line off, come inside and just keep practising in training, hitting it with your left foot. And I said, when we lose it, just drop in with, with shots, drop in on him. That's all I want you to do. And it just cleared his mind. Simplified it just it. as soon as he got the confidence, he, he was just he was just frightening. If your manager's calling you Billy Wiz, even that in itself is like you, you're just shoulders are back, aren't they? Off. I'm Billy yeah. Wiz. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm yeah. Billy no, Wiz. Right? He, no, but he's he, he, not naughty he, sure. He, he, better than useless twat, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we, we, we uh, when I went in at Middlesbrough, there was a lot of money spent um, for the previous manager. And then we finished in the playoffs, got beat by Villa in the playoffs. And then that year we sold Bamford at the end of the season. We sold Bamford, Adama, Ben Gibson, three top, top players. Um, and just to ease what the finances were at the football club. And Adama, you know, I, I, you're hoping and praying that out of the three, if he'd have picked the wrong club, you think he'd just drop, drop down. But luckily he's kept going. I don't think he's at the heights yet that he can. Um, because I think he'll get better and better. He, he will never lose that pace. Not not for another five, ten years. It's just his mind. It's mm. just getting him. But it's it's all that psychological stuff as well. I used to bring him in. He used to make me a cup of tea. 
make me a cup of tea and we'd sit down and have a biscuit and he'd talk about being in Spain and he'd talk about this and he'd talk about that. And then you get that relationship with him, John. Yep. And I don't think he had that relationship. And I think you can, you, you can, you can pull people along with you again if you understand what the people are like I, we go back to to john johnny evans it's a great story this johnny johnny's like a racehorse a proper proper thoroughbred and if he had any injuries he'd always worry it, it one soft in his mind john he would be worried that if he if he did anything it would get worse and it'd get worse when i'd spoke to sir alex sir alex had told me this said at least he's got this mental issue with but Tom, honestly, he's a fabulous player. Overthinking. So we 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 play a game. We play some. I can't remember. Who we play. We play someone on the Saturday, and after the game, he's hurt his ankle, and he's. I think it was his ankle. He's really, really concerned about his ankle. So I say to the uh, uh, to the doc to Mac Gillette. I said, Mac, leave him. Like, do a little bit of work with him, but don't mention anything. So I go in and see him. How are you, John? Yeah, a bit sore, Gaffer. It's this, that, and I, I, I might be struggling for Saturday. John, you've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You'd be fine. Okay, but don't don't think about it. Let's next day go in see the doc. How is he, doc? A little bit worried, a little bit negative, a little bit worried about it. How bad is it? I think he can get away with it. So then, anyway, went in on the th on the Wednesday. Wednesday off, but Johnny was in because he was injured. Had a little chat with him Thursday. I had to come out and watch what we're doing, John. Oh, I don't think I'm going to be ready, but come out and watch what we're doing. Oh, okay, I'll come out. So we came out and stood and watched what we're doing. Now on the Friday, how was it? Oh, still feeling it, you know, still sore. I can do a little bit more on that, but still a bit sore. Okay, turn up tomorrow, mind with your suit. I said, like, you're such an important player for the group and you just being there will lift the gang. So, yeah, okay. So he turns up on the Saturday. He's got on his mind. I'll pick the team. I go Foster, Dawson, Macaulay, Evans. So, so everybody's gone. <laughs> and I just, Kempi, there's a team sheet, off I go in my room. So Kempi comes straight out, he goes, I'll give him 10 seconds. <laughs> so all of a sudden, my, my manager's room, Johnny opens the door, it's Gaffer, I'm not fit. I said, John, just start. You make such a difference to the team. <laughs> just start. <laughs> Honestly, and I didn't know whether he was going to be, be able to get through or not. I just played the card. Best player on the pitch. We win the game 1-0. Best player on the pitch, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you pull him now, he'll say I was a nightmare with him. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's nightmare. knowing the individual, isn't it? Like, that you but, could get away with it with him. Like other players, yeah. you wouldn't be able to. But he, he was, I think, psychologically, always concerned about his body because he was such a great athlete. And I mean, you know, you get these runners, you get plodders, <laughs> plodders like me and you, you get, John. You get three mile chasers. <laughs> you've, got, yeah. you've got your six furlong sprinters at Epsom. <laughs> you couldn't have put it better, John. <laughs> and Johnny was one of them. But, you know, that's again, knowing people and knowing mm. knowing what to do and what not to do. You mentioned Jonathan Woodgate a, uh, a few minutes ago. Did, did you bring him off after seven minutes? Yeah, we played okay. Wolves away. Um, well. And I'm trying, just trying to think of the little left winger they had. Good little player, oh. Jarvis. Jarvis. Or Johnny Fa uh, Jonathan fouled him. I think got booked after about two minutes. And the next time Jarvis goes past him like nothing, and Johnny, uh, he, uh, Woody's trying to get hold of him. 
And I thought, no, I can't. We're going to be down to 10 men. And George <laughs> just dragged him off. <laughs> but he was brilliant. He walked John. John he, I can remember him. He came off. He went, that's a great decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> See, some players could have got other way, couldn't they? Are you taking the yeah. mic or what? Taking the mic. On the promotion season, were there any point where you thought, we're going to do with this. Because it was last game at season, weren't it? Home to Leicester. My biggest worry was when Palace beat us on the Monday night, 2-1 mm. at, at Walnut come with Palace and beat yeah. us 2-1. Um, and that was a that was a, a real blow, I thought. That, that might knock us back. But then we went to Coventry on the Saturday. Liam got back in the team and, you know... It was no, it was we were losing one nil and we got two goals second yeah. half, brought Liam on and someone else and we got the two goals. After that came, with with the enthusiasm from coming back from losing one nil. If we'd lost that game, John, I thought he would have fell we, away. Yeah, it would have fell away. But winning that game I really thought took us on. But I was always every every game, just the, every game, every game, every game. You know, don't think about the next one after that one. You just take the next game, play the game, win the game, next game, concentrate on that. And we did, you know, a lot of due diligence on on the opposition. You know what we were like with set plays and everything else. You know, we, obviously we've got Rick and you've got, no, again, Mama. Mama was, what was Mama like? Just, uh, it like, just could run. Like, just work his chucks off. Whenever, I remember Sheffield United away when we beat them three. There's a story to that. And, and, you weren't going to play me, were you? <laughs> no, we, we, Brian, Brian Robson was manager at the time. And they beat us 1-0 at our place. And it was the return, the flip of the fixtures. So it was only two weeks, I think, or three weeks later that we went to Sheffield. And I remember uh, Cahill. Gary Cahill. He was at Aston Villa, but he went to Sheffield United on loan. And uh, Brian had mentioned that Cahill had had Sidibe in his pocket. I'd, I'd read the papers. I, got, I used to read the papers from like Sheffield or whatever to see what they said about us and then keep it in the drawer. So when we, I'd always try and make an angle to wind the players up. So I'd keep that in the drawer. So I remember getting it out and I said to Mama, I said, Mama, he's 18, 19 years of age. Look what Brian Robson, great player. Look what he thought he did to you. I said, Mama, you got it all on today. <laughs> first challenge, first challenge. He was a yard above Kale. <laughs> Bang! You know, and, and and that was Mama. Mama set us all off and we beat him. Was it three? Three, I think. And it, but it made Kale, I know he was young, but it was yeah. still a big, it made him look yeah. like oh. ragdolled him. Yeah, oh, massively. And that, and it, you know, that was, that was something that I always tried to do all the way through, through my career. I always tried to find, especially if we'd been on a good run, something that would give us a little bit more impetus or get the players' backs wound up so you'd get that little bit more out of them. You know, whether, you know, I'd, I'd make stuff up. Have you, <laughs> have, have you seen what this manager said about us? Have you, have you seen this? Have you seen that? Can you, can you imagine, you know, can you imagine that player saying that about you? <laughs> and, and the lads would be going, you know, the eyes would get, you know, start getting wider and wider. And, but no, it was always something to try and... You know, the, the great thing about Stoke was I had a wonderful chairman there and I knew 100% he was behind me. And I still think to this day, and I know they're having a bad time at the moment, I still think to this day the, the supporters have got to be patient. They've got to understand. I, you know, I said to, to Parky before, all the managers that they've brought in, you know, they've backed them. They've given them money to spend. They've, they've, they've brought players in. They've been, they've been given money to spend. 
they need to, the supporters need to get together now and get behind the club. It's a great club. It's a great supporter base. And they've just got to stick nice and tight now uh, and see it through. And hopefully, Alex, you know, given the opportunity, will be the one that will take them forward. Honestly, I, I am absolutely convinced one day, hopefully in the next couple of years, because of the backing of the family, I think they'll get in the Premiership. He's a good manager, him. Direct Alex, contact yeah. that you had with the family. You know, you talked uh, about you have a middleman before, too many middlemen. Nah. <laughs> Just you and the chairman, the owner. Yeah. I never dealt with the chief executive, really. Never, never involved him. You know, we, we signed um, Crouchy. And I'd rung... Uh, Harry, had, Harry actually rang me up and said, listen, Crouchy wants to get back up north because um, Abby's, I think, moved up there and just got married and everything else. Would you be interested? So I said, yeah. I said, but age, we won't be able to afford his wages. That's the problem. He said, well, he wants 10 million for him. So I said, yeah. I said, but we won't be able to afford his wages. What if we help? So I said, well, I'll speak to Peter and come back. So I didn't speak to Peter. <laughs> so anyway, he comes, Harry comes back and he says, oh, we can get, we can do this. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll ring the chairman. So I don't ring the chairman again. Pick the phone up, <laughs> pick the phone up to Harry and said, can you drop it down to this level? If you get down to that level, we might have a chance. Let me speak to Daniel. I'll get back to you. Anyway, we, we get something in order that's very close to what, what the players, Tottenham, have, have, have looked after a, a big part of it because he had a couple of years left at Tottenham. So we, we made them make that the difference up. So I ring uh, Peter up and I think they're going to do this thing. He's okay, no problems. Put the phone down. And five minutes later, he picks the phone up and he says to me, Tom, there's a little bit of concern with people um, around me in respect we're not going to get a return for Crouchy so I said you what he said you're not going to get a, they, they think because of his age giving him a four year contract you're not going to get no return I said Peter do you know what your return is you won't get relegated mate <laughs> 120 million or whatever, whatever it is every year that's what Crouchy brings to this There's football club and he went brilliant sign him <laughs> put it down and, and off we went we went and, went and signed him Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Did you know about Rory Delap's throw-in before he signed him? No, didn't have a clue. They, so, yeah. were, they, they were they were doing. Was he there with you, John? Yeah, yeah. Well, they were doing. They had a competition. I think it was when we got in the. Did we use it in the championship? Yeah, fucking right, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would, have been, would have been in the fucking relegation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the, the way I can remember it is that there was a competition going early season, early pre-season on one of the pitches on the training ground, oh, and they were just to see who could throw it furthest. And Kempy's gone. Kempy's come over to me. He said, have you seen Rory throw the ball? I know. He's come and have a look at this. And he was throwing it almost to the other side of the pitch. But not only throwing it, you know, it was so flat. Better than a corner, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was better. And 
we, you know, I can remember pulling Rory and saying, well, what are you doing, mate? How long have you had that? And he's gone, oh, I was javelin champion when I was <laughs> 14, 14 years of age in Carlisle. And I'm thinking, oh, he never said a word. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, when people ask me about the throwing, I say it's a little bit disrespectful because Rory were a lot better player than the throwing. He were a very, very good footballer. 550 well. league appearances. Yeah. And he was a good player as well. Yeah. Good play for us. I, I, I tell you, I, you, you talk about the football club and I've just you know, told the supporters now where I think they should get behind them. I'll tell you how good the, the family is. We signed Rory from Sunderland on loan with an agreement to take him full, full time at the end of the season. In his first game against Sunderland, he breaks his ankle and it was a bad break or he broke his leg, whatever it was, but it was a bad break. The next day, I went and seen Peter and Peter said, listen, tell him we're still signing him. Deal done. Tell him not to worry. Never mind how long it takes, we're still signing him. And I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I went in and seen him. You asked Rory about it. You, I went in and said to Rory, don't worry about it, mate. They thought they're going to ring Sunderland up now and they're going to get the deal done. Maybe maybe he'd read the Carlisle Times. Javelin <laughs> <laughs> champion. <laughs> but no, that that was that was how good that was how good the family was. And at that time, you're probably thinking this is a from a football point of view, it's a gamble. You know, at that time oh, you weren't yeah, going to yeah, know yeah, that yeah, he was going to go yeah, on and yeah, come back and yeah, be a, yeah, just as good. Yeah, but he was a great yeah. Rory, Danny Higginbottom. You know, the two blinking twins, only two peas in a pod. They were just. Fabulous. Do you know why you, you, you signed predominantly English players? Yeah. Was that because you could do your background checks? Whereas if you're buying somebody from a foreign club, you obviously can't do that, can you really? Character-wise as well. Yeah, yeah you can't really find that yeah, much. Yeah, I, th I, th I think obviously the world spun round now, John. There's a lot of foreign players in, in the Premiership. And I think that, um, you know, the recruitment, if you have a look at what um, Brighton have done, you have a look what Brentford have done in respect of pound per players mm. we talked about they they are absolutely fantastic a lot of them are foreign players from all over the world um, and the great thing about and I've watched Brighton probably more than Brentford the great thing about Brighton every time you go and watch them they, they can play they can run and they want to run their attitudes are absolutely fantastic mm. honestly and, and Adam Lalana lives just at the top of the road and I, I've spoken to Adam lot, lots of times on it and he said you know that the the quality of the players they bring in is brilliant, but their characters are as good as the quality. Mm. So you've got that because I think if you play football in England, you know the championship is a ma is is unbelievable. Nick John is such a slog. You need people to turn up. You know pe people rung me up after we got promoted. People ring me up and say, "How did you get promoted?" I said, "I had a team that turned up every week. Mm. They didn't turn up ninety percent of the time. They turned up every week." And we, we, we got through because of that. Whether we won, lost or draw or drew, we, our players turned up. And I think if you look at it now, you've still got to do the same. You go in the Premiership and it's pace, power and quality everywhere. And if you haven't got players who are prepared, who are just under the sand line a little bit and playing for the likes, say, of Brentford or, or Brighton, or, if you haven't got good characters and people who are prefer, prepared to put a shift in, then it, it's so, so difficult. It's mm. so, so difficult. How long into your time at Sheffield Wednesday did you think? No, I, I, at Sheffield Wednesday, listen, it's an absolutely fantastic club. I was the wrong person at the wrong club, really. I was. I went there. Uh, um, it was during COVID, so I couldn't get no energy from the supporters because the grounds are empty. 
and you know what Hillsborough's like when it's empty. Um, there was stuff going on behind the scenes that you know w were different to what I was used to, and it, it just didn't. I, yeah, two or three weeks into it, I thought I'm really struggling here. I'm, I was for the first time, um, and a lot of times I'd see myself through it and fight through it and everything else. I just didn't think it was right for the football club. Me having that mentality that I was struggling, struggling with the, with you know the the setup and everything else. And the, the, you know, the most honest thing that, that I did really was actually talk to the chairman about it. I'd like to think fans appreciate that, though, mm. recognising that. I, I, I just, you know, it's, it's, you know, listen, they've got a manager there. Darren Moore was my captain at Portsmouth when I managed Portsmouth. He was at West Brom and I brought him on board with the first team. I, have you met Darren? Yeah, yeah. He is one of the proper, proper lads proper lads and one of the first results I look for every week is, is Sheffield Wednesday I'm absolutely desperate for Darren and, and the club to do well because it's a fabulous club and I think those two clubs if you put those two clubs in the Premier League you know it's mm. you know, may, most probably that's where they deserve to be it's fair enough I yeah. say that's fair enough isn't it I just, I just like I say I just think I was just not cheating myself but yeah, I was, I was, I didn't feel, it didn't feel me. It's like taking a new bird out, isn't it? You know, if you know, after three or four weeks, <laughs> you've been them off, don't you? You know what I mean? I just blocked, I just blocked them. <laughs> I was just going to say, me and Deb's have been together for 46 years, don't we? <laughs> don't let her hear that, I know you, um, at Stoke, you had Peter Reid, and I think, was Meg Senior on yeah, your coaching yeah. staff? Which At Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, sorry, at West Brom, Maggie. Which uh, player that's played under you would you take with you as one of your coaches or...? Darren Fletcher was... If, if there was a job going tomorrow, and I think he's at Man United doing his stuff at Man United, but if there's a job going tomorrow and someone wants... Uh, someone who's got um, the right credentials, who's a winner, you know, how many titles has he won? Yeah. And if you look at, at all the games... Whenever Alex or Sir Alex played tough games in Europe or tough games in England... Fletch would always play. Yeah. He used to, if he if he wanted and Solid. needed legs in the pitch on the pitch, on Fletch would always rules. play. I read something yesterday. Someone said that uh, there was only two players that Fergie never ever criticised. Did you see it? No. And that was Cantona and Fletch. <laughs> <laughs> now you can compare Fletch and Cantona. I don't know, but but apparently they, they were. And and to be honest, I, I Fletch was fabulous. Yeah. Going back to Wenger. Did you take pride in, you know, when he used Winding to come him up? Him up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, th I think uh, the, the first game that we played, we played really well and beat him 2-0. And we shook hands and he said, well done. I'll, I'll never forget it. He said, well done. We walked down the tunnel. I went in to, um, to do the press and everything else. And I don't think anything was said um, to our press at that time. And then I read it on the Monday, you know, that we're a rugby team and we're this and we're that. And that really disappointed me. Um, and it just grew from there. I think the support. I think the supporters used to love us. That 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 newspaper must have gone in the draw oh, already. Yeah. Time. Well, I didn't have to with the lads. I think all the lads were, were well aware of, you know, the criticism that the Arsen gave. But there's a great story with that as well. Like you know, going a bit slow. I don't know how long we got left. But we we um, I go the Welsh FA ring me up and ask me to do a a day coaching and a lecture. So I go up there and, and I do a session on the pitch and you come in and then 
the player then the play, the player's gonna have something to eat, you have something to eat, and then you come back and you talk about what you did and what you didn't do and how you did it and this, that, and the other. And it was for the full badge and uh, Patrick was there, Patrick, Patrick Vieira and Jans Lehmann. So I'm, uh, I'm thinking, oh my God, two, two <laughs> Arsenal players. You know, what's this going to be like? Anyway, the, the session finishes, John. And in the corner, I can see the two of them stood there and I'm thinking, oh my God, you know what they're going to be like. So anyway, I walk over and, and they come over and they were brilliant. And Patrick told me a story. He said, listen, he said, you know, that one of the, the funniest things that ever happened, he said, Arsene would not care about any other club in the league apart from yourselves when he came when we came to Stoke. And he said on there was one day where he actually took a session and showed us about the long throw, where it would go, how we would have to defend it, and this, that and the other. And it was all about the throw. Nothing else, all about the throw. I think it was the cup game. And he said, then we turn up at the Britain or the Bet three six five stadium. Look at the team sheet. Rory's not playing. <laughs> he said, and the worst thing about it is that you beat us 3 1. <laughs> and that was, that was Patrick telling me that story. Are you pottering around the garden at the minute thinking, what am I going to do? Doing do? a phone call? No. <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've really enjoyed being home. I've got to be mm. honest. I had, you know, I'm 65 now. I had a lot, a lot of time travelling. Um, we always kept our base down here. We were always at the uh, children, Anthony, Stephanie and Law, um, all went to school in Bournemouth in this area. Debbie wanted to keep them. She didn't want to be travelling all over the place. Mm. And now the grandchildren have come along. We've got my son, obviously, in America, and we try and get over there as much as we possibly can. He's got two grandchildren. We've got the five very, very close here. So we're always busy doing this. I do a little bit of radio, a little bit of TV, <coughs> talk a bit of nonsense to people like you and mm -hmm. and you know that 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 keeps the the drip going a little bit and i think you need that um but i've you know i've been i have really enjoyed being on i've really yeah. really have but i do i would not I, I don't think i'd ever want to go back in as a manager no. but i do and i have enjoyed helping other people in other sports and in football but an international call would it interest you yeah, yeah, it might be. Uh, I had a phone call actually from a country a couple of months ago about that, um, but it wasn't it wasn't right. Um, Not hot enough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so you, you you never say no to anything. Yeah. But one thing I will say, no, I won't go back in as a manager. I think that the energy that you need, the commitment, and everything else, I've passed that point because of what I've got here. I know what I've got here now with the children. Enjoying it. And uh, yeah, and the fact that obviously, you know, the only reason me and Deb are still together is that I've, <laughs> I've just never been with her. I would have <laughs> What's a secret to a job next week then? What's a secret to a long marriage? Living away. <laughs> well, it's funny, funny, John. We got we got married. We got married in South Wales. My dad obviously still worked. He'd had a good few drinks. By the time me and Deb were living in Bristol, I I'd moved to Bristol, we got married. So we were desperate to get off. You know, the, the party was all over the place. Everybody was, you know, enjoying themselves. And, you know, I went over and sat with Deb for two minutes. She'd been with her mum and this, that and the other. And I sat over and I said, give it five minutes, Deb, and we'll sneak. So she's gone, yeah, okay. And just as I said it, my dad came over and he muscled his way in between the two of us. 
and he had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he put his hand around us and he said, listen, secret to a long marriage, don't spend too much time together. <laughs> and I God's honest. And he got up and walked off and that's, yeah, I based, based everything on <laughs> But don't tell Deb. <laughs> See, we had, um, we had Danny Collins on and he, he spoke about the Beatty incident. And I don't know if you, you yeah. whether you want to speak about it, but I just want to know your, your mindset of doing that, you know, the, the Christmas party, whatever, and how it was after, how you approached it Monday morning. Now, I, I was, I was, I, obviously, um, I was disappointed what I did, my reaction and everything else, because I should be above that, or you should be above that. But it was just after a game. We played really well, got beat 1 0, but we played really well. Um, and, you know, just a, dis just a disappointment afterwards. But what happens in a dressing room, Joe? <laughs> Stays in a dressing room. The thing is, it don't now, though, does it? Fucking Danny Collins tell us all about it. <laughs> But you know that that you know that that happened, and you know you you wash name, you get on with it. You know I've got you know nothing against James, um, in respect of what we are now and everything else. And he's gone into coaching and done quite well in his yeah. coaching and this that and the other. And I say, and I really do mean this. The club owe him a massive massive favour because the first two years in the Premiership were difficult, were tough, and that first year was really tough. And him coming along with Matty, it was. One of my favourites, Matt Everington, again a fabulous player. Um, those two really helped to stay up that first year. So you know, great credit to to James. Were you thinking first game of the season when we get dicked away at Bolton? Oh dear. No, I thought that was the greatest thing that happened to us because we had that uh, Paddy Power. But was it Paddy Power paid out on us getting relegated? Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you can remember that. Oh. They, they paid out that day, and that that was the greatest thing. I, I thought, oh my god. I couldn't have asked anybody to have written anything better for us. <laughs> yeah. and, but what I did, John, I went on the radio, I went on the TV, TV in Stoke, and I said, it's us against everybody, everybody else now. And it's not the team, it's us. Yeah. They're disrespecting us. And that's your team. This is your team. This is your players. And then we played Villa on the next game, yeah. home game. We scored late on from a throw-in. Mama scored at the back post. Is that the one where Rick scored that? Yeah. Could I've seen that. Could you could you feel the atmosphere that oh, day when, after that, that, making think, that announcement on the radio? I, I think I think we scored in the late on 80, 80 odd minutes. Martin was manager at Villa at the time, and again it was one of those moments where that was the crowd. It was just, you know the hairs on the back of your neck. Like I say, we 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 joined everything together. That that and it came from. You know, we should have paid Paddy Power or, you know, or whoever, or, was it Paddy Power or someone else? You'll have to find out who it was. It weren't better three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, that, that, I, I really do think, John, that was that was the spur that got everybody in Stoke on Trent thinking, let's get sure. down, so let's get down and win, lose or draw, let's get behind the lads. It's mad, because all this stuff that you spoke about doesn't, you know, coaching manuals and stuff, that won't be in there, you know, about getting the, getting the most out of your players or using things like that as you bait. You, 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 it's years and years of experience. Experience. The biggest the biggest thing is is understanding players, and people. then and yeah, under, understanding people to get the best out of them, but also putting a team together that's a team, and it's balanced. And the the the, the important thing is you might want to play one way, but you haven't got the players to do that, so play a way that suits the players and gets you results 
and forget about the noise from the outside. You know, it's worse now than it's ever been. But, you know, I used to actually have a giggle up, you know, people would say this and that and everything else. And I think, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so we're, not, we're not that. We're not that. We know we're not that. Yeah. Let them get on with it. So you think these managers are, are pissing in the wind a little bit when there's people fetching players into the club forum? Oh, these... I, I, I think there's, a, there's, been a, there's been a lot of bad recruitment at a lot of football clubs. John, when it's you and the chairman and the chairman relies on you and you've got respect for the fella and the money he's putting into the football club. You know, when I, like I say, I'll just relate to, to Peter and, and Stoke and Bet365, it was their money that I was spending. And I was, I, I, I class my fret myself as a friend to Peter, Denise, John and all the family, you know, Deirdre, his wife. and I was a friend. And as a friend, the last thing I wanted to do was throw money away mm. and, and, and do something that wasn't right for the football club. And I, I became, I think, a little bit obsessive with the club. The longer I, I went on, I did be, I can remember uh, the training ground had just been built and I got in at six o'clock. I get up early every morning. I don't know what it is, but I get up early. Anyway, anyway I was on the running machine and we got about 14 groundsmen. You know, we started with one. And then we had about 14. And you know what the groundsmen are like? They were all together. They were all herded together <laughs> in a little little thing. And it just got light. And I'm thinking, well, they did, you know, they're having a chat. They, you know, There's nothing wrong with a pitch, but they're forking it. <laughs> and, th and then there's all the grass around the outside of the, the, the training ground and where the fence was that was long. And I'm thinking, they've taken their foot off the pedal. They, you know, this was never like that. I get off the machine, I ring Peter up. I go, Peter, club's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I did, honestly. There's, oh, there's them bushes. <laughs> now, John, 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 anyway, he said, what, what are you on about? I said, you've got a million groundsmen now and they're not keeping it the way two groundsmen kept it. And once that starts coming into it, all of a sudden you'll get, that'll drop off, then that'll drop off. And it's never done it before. Uh, he, he went steady down. I'll pop down and see you. <laughs> Put the phone down. And anyway, he come down and seen me, and we walked round. I showed him it, and he said, "Tom, you're getting obsessive, and you know you've got to realise that." And I said, "No, it's not obsessive. They've got to do their job, and they've got to respect that we are. You know, this football club is paying them, mm. and we we are what we are mm. because everybody does their jobs, and they mm, do it properly, and they do it properly, and they have respect mm. for doing it properly, but." You know, Peter used to take me out. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd pick the phone up and I'd moan about something and he'd say, yeah, tone, tone, and he'd go, tone, don't talk to me like, don't, don't, and he'd put the phone down. Two minutes later, he'd ring me up. He says, I've just booked a French restaurant or <laughs> He said, I'll get Malcolm, who was his driver, Malcolm, who's a lovely lad. I'll get Malcolm to come and pick you up. Me, you and Deirdre, we're going to have some dinner tonight. I go, okay. We go out, we'd have a glass of wine. Da, 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 da. He'd settle everything down, settle me down, and off we'd go again. And and that's like I say, lose games when we lost the Palace game. It was a Monday night, and me and Kempy were in that little our little room upstairs on the other side of the building. I get a phone call, it's Peter. Are you still here? And I said, Yeah, yeah, I won't be going home yet, Peter. I said, like, it's really hurt this result. Coming over to the boardroom. So I said, Ah, oh, Peter, you don't. Me and Deirdre, it's only me and Deirdre. We went over there. He opened up a bottle of red wine, sat there and drank it opened another bottle of wine, sat there, drank it, and off we went. First phone call in the morning was, Peter, how are you, Tom? 
yeah, I'm okay, fine. Forget about that. That's gone. Just concentrate on the next one. We'll be okay. And that was Peter. Mm. You know, he never rung me. Yeah, we, we, we'd win, yeah, we'd win games. He'd never ring me. And I'd always say to him, you never ring me when we win. And he'd say, <laughs> I don't have to. I know you're happy. Uh, you so know, you, had the, you had the support from him? The family, I think you've got to understand that the family uh, are stoke mad. Stoke, you know, they've got the biggest employment with Bet365 now in that area. They're, 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 they're Stoke City mad. Um, and eventually, I, I personally think eventually they'll get it right. And they do deserve to get it right for the money they've put in. What's the one, driving force? Sorry, sorry. Just, a quick, just a quick one on that. One thing, you know, the 14 groundsmen, they were obviously working when they fucking built that hill at the training ground. <laughs> <laughs> Coming pre-season first day, obviously you're like, oh, what's it going to be today? And they built a hill. <laughs> Big mountain like that. What the fuck are we going to do up that? <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you, you know, I've mentioned Tongi and uh, Danny Pugh yeah. at Preston. So Darren Ferguson was our manager. And when Darren got sacked, Alex recalled Matty James, Josh King... Well, and Welbs. And then, did you recall Tongi and Pewey as a favour for Sir No, Alex? no, I was going to bring them back anyway. They only had a period. There was, it was set. It was in line with what had happened. Right. But it was, it was set that I was going to... Yeah, I've been yeah. accused of, oh, you helped Fergie out because his son got the set. We never got to the bottom of it. <laughs> we got to the bottom of the league. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was all set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant! Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. Thanks for having us. No problems. Is Who's that okay? left than uh, cheesy? Yes. Well, the, yeah, yeah, I've, seen, I've seen this four or five left in the kitchen. <laughs> Wait for a fresh one. <laughs>